Hello, and welcome back to Self-Healing After Trauma. I am Dr. Asher Beckwith, your host, and today I am so, so, so super excited to welcome Jim Healing to the show. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. I'm really honored to be here, Asher, and we've been waiting a long time to make this moment happen, so I'm so glad we're finally here today. Yes, I am quite honored. Thank you very much. So let me give you all a bit of a background about Jim Hewling. So Jim Hewling is an author of the number one worldwide best-selling book, The Four Disciplines of Execution, which is now in its second edition and translated into 16 languages. That's pretty incredible. Jim has also been the 4DX Global Managing Consultant for Franklin Covey for more than 13 years where he has led the coaching of more than 70,000 leaders around the world. Very impressive. (laughs) Prior to this time, Jim served more than a decade as a CEO of an organization that recognized four times as one of the 25 best companies to work for in America. And a sought-after keynote speaker, Jim has given more than 500 presentations in 13 countries. Among all of his awards and recognitions, Jim is particularly proud to have been presented with the Trucknet National Leadership Character Award, which I fully believe, knowing your character, (laughs) representing CEOs who demonstrate the highest levels of ethics and integrity. Jim's greatest calling is now as an executive coach, where he draws from his lessons of his own life and career to provide meaningful strategies and guidance to currently more than 30 senior leaders. Jim is most proud of his wonderful marriage of more than 40 years to his sweetheart. Congratulations on that. That's, that is probably your greatest accomplishment, right? <laughs> yes. And being a dad to two phenomenal adults, Scott and Sarah, and Papa to his three grandkids. Jim holds a third degree black belt in Taekwondo and is currently in his ninth year of CrossFit. And if you've ever seen pictures of Jim online, he is lifting a barbell uh, with how much weight on it? Yeah, I'm so. this is so funny that we would start with this, but I, I have for many years had a goal to a uh, particular lift of a weight in CrossFit is called a deadlift. And my goal for several years has been to pick up 400 pounds, <clears throat> Wow. currently at 385 pounds. Wow. So I'm very, very close. And, and I look forward to celebrating that goal achievement with a little video or something this year. I'll, I'll certainly make it this year by the end of the year. Uh, and then I, I, maybe you'll have me back and I'll, I can talk about what I learned from this multi-year journey to achieve this big goal. That would be wonderful. I would certainly love to hear how you have gotten there. That's very impressive. Today, I would love for you to talk to us about limiting beliefs and your perspectives on limiting beliefs. Yeah, I love this session. I'm so glad you're starting with this question because, you know, I'm as a coach now, I, I have, as we, you said so graciously, about 30 people round numbers that people kind of come and go in the coaching business. But, but, but it's interesting to me that about half of them struggle with this particular issue. And, and I, maybe I've struggled with it too. Maybe everybody struggles with it. I don't know. But because I've had so many people to help with it, I've come away with not only an understanding of how 
debilitating it can actually be for a person, but also some, you know, very practical ideas on how to resolve it. So, so let's just start with the first idea. Uh, and, and the first idea that I would offer everybody listening to us today, whether they're driving their car or eating a sandwich or looking straight into a computer screen somewhere, um, is that we all have some version of this. We, we all have, I believe, a capacity to be more than we can see ourselves being. I really think that's true. I think it's part of the human condition. And maybe you would say in some, you know, very uh, abstract way that there's a little bit of humility in there. And maybe that's good. We we all know people who sort of see themselves as being more than they actually are. Right? So, so, you know, with only a small dose of humor, the, the real issue is when we we aspire to be more and we don't believe we can. That's the issue that causes a lot of pain and heartache in people's lives. And and gosh, you know, as for me, be even worse, keeps them from becoming who they could have been, who they were sort of born to be, who their talents and gifts might have taken them to. And they don't realize it until later when it's sometimes too late, you know, so then it creates this very deeply felt regret. So I've, I, I don't know if you'll think this is funny, Asher, but I often see myself as the the regret preventer in my coaching. That's one of my motivating forces is, can I help you with something today that if I don't help you with may turn into something that later you'll say, oh, I wish I had done that. So so it's become a part of my work, uh, not intentionally, but sort of unintentionally. So so think of it this way as the idea. If you, if you set the thermostat of your house at uh, 68 degrees, and that's the temperature where you're comfortable, you live and work in that temperature, it's kind of where you're used to being. Um, but, but one particular fall or nearly winter day, you decide you want it to be 72 in your house, you're, you know, you're not happy with that temperature, and you start doing everything that you can to make the temperature go up. But every time you do, it just gets cold again. You fix something and then it gets cold again, and you, you get warmer, and then all of a sudden you're putting on a sweater again. Well, mm-hmm. That's a pretty good metaphor for what happens in the human psyche as it relates to limiting beliefs. If I, and, and forgive me if I'm stretching this metaphor just a bit, but you know, but if I'm a 68 degree person, if I see myself as a 68 degree person, then anytime I try to get to 72, there's mm-hmm. an internal mechanism in me somewhere that I don't understand. I, I can't find the knob or the dial to change, you know, but it just brings me back down. Mm-hmm. Now, now, as it applies to life, this happens all the time. You know, people people will become uh, enthusiastic about a vision or a project or a goal they're trying to achieve, and they may be working really hard, and their confidence is growing, and they reach this kind of pinnacle moment. And time and again, they find that in ways they can't even explain, they actually do something that sabotages the pinnacle moment. You know, the 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 person going to uh, give a great performance um, uh, gets a sore throat the night before, or the person who's giving a del- a beautiful PowerPoint presentation leaves their slides at home. You know, the, all these things happen, and, and we question them. Well, why did that happen? Whoa, what a tragedy! How did that happen? Well, a lot of times, what's going on is an unconscious mechanism that says, "Wait, we're programmed for sixty-eight. You're trying to live at seventy-two, and and that's not right. So we've got to find some way of bringing you back down." So I'm not trying to make this seem really esoteric. It's a really human thing that plays itself out in very practical ways. Now, the examples aren't always as dramatic as this, Asher. You know, sometimes a person will just say, 
man, I'd love to apply for that promotion, but I could never get that job. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's another example of this limiting belief. So, so what I've done with my clients is to take those limiting beliefs and get them out of their heads and down on paper. You know, if we can drag a thought out of, we just rip it out of our brain and put it down in black and white, we engage with it in a very different way. Because in our heads, it's big, it's dramatic, it's technicolor, you know, it, it, it can sometimes be overwhelming. But when you get it down on paper, it, it reduces its complexity. I'm not saying it makes it go, go away, but it, it becomes something that's very manageable. So what I started doing with my clients is this very simple construct. And I would offer this to anybody listening to you and me today. Really simple technique, really powerful results. You take a piece of paper and you write out the, the construct. I can't be blank because blank. I just want to say that one more time for somebody who is driving their car, is fumbling for a pencil right now to write this down. <laughs> hands on the wheel, everybody. So they said, I can't be blank because blank. Mm-hmm. Now, that little construct, mm-hmm. I would say modestly, has helped 80 to 100 people in my coaching practice. So, so let's, let's use an example of how that plays itself out. So I can't be um, a CEO. Because I, because I don't have the experience. Mm. I can't be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. because I'm too old. Yeah. I can't be an athlete because I'm not gifted. Mm. That plays itself out. And I'm trying to give you examples, some of which are a little dramatic, but others of which are like, yeah, I might have said that to myself at some point. You know, I'm a 69-year-old athlete, and I have to occasionally check myself because I work out with people who are nearly superhuman in their abilities, and they're all young and, you know, vibrant. So it's easy for me. Why am I even a member of CrossFit? I can't be a CrossFit athlete because mm-hmm. I'm too old. I could, I could easily fill in my own construct. But what starts to happen, you write it down then you engage with it in a different way. It's not so scary. And about half the time, my clients look at it on paper and say, well, that's not true. And I'm like, okay, my work is done. (laughs) That's the very outcome I wanted was for you to say, wait a minute, that's not true, right? But it's always in the because phrase. It's the because phrase that's the thermostat operating on our lives. So the moment a person can say, well, wait a minute, that's not true. Lots of people become entrepreneurs at my age. Lots of people change careers at my age. Lots of people get married again at my age. I mean, take whatever example you want, right? But you break the control of the thermostat sometimes by just seeing it on paper. If not, then, you know, sometimes we have to do a little digging. We, you know, we have to say, when did you start believing this? And what made you start believing this? And maybe maybe some teacher or maybe some coach or maybe some person who didn't mean to harm you simply said, imagine if somebody had said to young Asher, oh, you'll never have a PhD. You can't have a PhD, you know, because you wear glasses. Well, and somehow in your young mind, maybe you took that thought in and said, okay, I guess I can't, you know. And it gets down in there and you never root it out. It's always operating. It's, it's online all the time. So, but if we pull that out of your head and put it down on paper, of course, I chose a silly example because obviously you are a PhD, even though you. <laughs> so, but if you put that on paper, even you, 
you're with me, right? You would say, well, yeah. that's ridiculous. Why would I believe that? No, I'm not trying to say this is magic, but I am trying to say it's magical. What yeah. happens to people when they just use this simple construct and then start to say, that's not true. If they have to peel it back and they have to say, well, when did I start believing this? Or who convinced me of this? Or what evidence do I have of this? Or even if it's true, could I change it? You know, those are those are ways that we work if we need to dig a little deeper. But but even those questions are not hard, are they? And so it doesn't take long. I'm not making light of it, but it doesn't take long. In a single session, we can oftentimes eradicate two, three, four limiting beliefs that have held a person back. But more importantly, I teach them a process where they do it for themselves the next time. The next time they, you know, next time they're looking at people ice skating, thinking, I've always wanted to ice skate, but mm-hmm. I can never do that because yeah. they're sitting right there by the ice rink saying, Oh, heck no, I can do this. Give me some skates, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's a process that seems to work, honestly, to set people free from their own conscious or unconscious limiting beliefs. So I hope that made sense. I wanted you to hear the whole process from, from beginning to end. Yeah, I really love that. And I love that it's such a short statement and that you're really making the statement and then the because, because the because is really the why, right? And once you start digging into that, why you have this belief, then you can start to really trace it back to the roots and figure out how it originated and how it's manifested throughout your life. And just real quick, I actually did have an experience when I was younger where I had a second grade teacher who would go and every Friday we would have a spelling test. And this teacher would go and take a red marker and go all over my sheet and just mark it wrong and and then give me, you know, big C or an D or an F. And honestly, that was traumatizing to me. And so then I internalized that I can't spell. And then every Friday, my mom still tells the story about how she would get a call from the nurse saying that I was there and that I was feeling sick to my stomach because it would, she, my mom would say she has a spelling test, send her back to class. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I internalized that. And even though I have a PhD still to this day, hmm have thoughts and i i'm a good writer and i still have oh, sure about of course you are spelling to this <laughs> day amazing yeah. and i i don't i don't know if i say this in the perfect way if i don't help me get it perfected yeah. but but you know the this version this older version of me who has his own list of things he he would do differently if he could do them over i always want to extend a little grace to whatever teacher in whatever educational system oh, inflicted that harm on you and I, I want to believe they didn't mean to. They thought in their own way they were helping. And maybe I just choose to feel that way. But but I think they probably were a victim of things they were taught and experiences they had. But but regardless, isn't it great that we're here today? We have a platform. You and I are on a platform that has the potential to reach thousands of people. And with this one little nugget of information, you know, not trying to be dramatic, you and I could change the lives of about a thousand people who might hear this podcast yeah. Just from unlocking this one little thing, right? I be, I can't be blank because blank. Right. And then saying, well, wait a minute. That's not true at all. Where did I get that idea, right? That one thing might be a freedom call for about half the people listening to us today. Right, right. And it's really, it's a lovely little concise intervention, if you will, that can just <laughs> help you to stop the thought because I knew that once you start to have those limiting beliefs that then they can carry into other areas of your life and 
So do yeah, we that, have something to stop it? Is okay. just absolutely well, and you, you've hit, you've really hit a key point, you know, because the the power of the damaging power of the limiting belief is not an individual belief. Yeah. Now it can be. You were born to be a dancer. Somebody said you can't dance, and and so therefore the rest of your life you never did it. Sure, it can happen that way. But what really happens is they get hooked to each other. You know, you have three or four limiting beliefs and you start to see this pattern and you say, I'm no good at math. I'm no good at learning things. I'm no good at interacting with people. I have four experiences that prove my point. You know, so the real damaging part is that they're sticky. They stick to each other. Uh, and then unraveling them can take another an extra minute or two. And all I do, by the way, for anybody listening, taking notes is I just say, well, okay, that's five limiting beliefs you just shared with me. Let's take them one at a time. Yeah. You know, I'll, I can I can't be a dancer because you know uh, I can't I can't be a musician because let's get them separated. And then one by one, we can clip them off. And, and and again, I don't mean to make it sound like, you know, add water and stir and all your problems go away. I'm not saying that. Sometimes things are deep. It takes time and you have to be in a safe space to be able to get them out. But what I would want everybody to know is it is eminently possible. I do this work in my coaching sessions almost every day with someone. And then they leave and they're, there's just no money in the world that would illustrate how valuable it is to watch a person's face when they've just been set free. It's, I hope you don't mind me saying it this way. It's holy work. It's a tense moment. You know, you look at that and you say, wow, if I never do anything else, I will say I made a difference with this person on this day. It's great work. And every parent can do it with every child and every teacher can do it with every student and every friend can do it with every friend. Open a glass of wine, write your limiting beliefs. You know, you can really do something profound with this simple construct, which is one of the reasons I was excited that you gave me a chance to share it today. Thank you so much. I mean, this is just a wealth of information. And I really love this because what happens when we have limiting beliefs is that it actually even neurologically reconfigures our brain and our neural pathways. And we can set up neural pathways and molds within our brain that then once we continue to add more and more negativity it just strengthens those neural networks and it's almost like a tree with roots it oh. then just gets wider and wider and wider wow. and so if we don't have something to stop it it'll just keep growing and and the end result of that tragically is a person who gives up hope yeah. you know that's that's the death of hope is the greatest tragedy in a human life i think uh, maybe there are other things too you know that people would want to name but 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 I get to watch that all the time. If I see a person who is this close to giving up hope, I feel like a triage doctor in an emergency room. Like this is urgent. We got to. Sometimes I'll even cancel the person who was supposed to be next so I can have you know a couple of hours with somebody because that's that's what scares me the most is a person who's about to lose hope. There's nowhere to go from there. And as you're you're so much more eloquent than me that you're the neuro the neurology of how that works is more compelling than my little anecdotes, but we're still talking about the same problem and how, how important it is to find a solution for it. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've always said on this podcast is trauma is a pattern. It's not your identity. It's not who you are. 
right? And so these limiting beliefs are the same thing. They're a pattern that you've gotten into. They're not who you are or who you embody. Instead, it's just a pattern that's gotten shaped in your brain. And just as you shape this in your brain, you can go back and learn other things that will undo that and intervene with that and recreate other nodules in your brain. I, I remember years ago hearing someone say a belief is simply a thought you keep thinking. Mm. And I realized that could be a, a simplification in some ways, but mm. I think there's a truth. This what kind of the, the layman's version of what you're trying to say so eloquently is, mm. you know, every time you rethink it again, you just reinforced it. So why not reverse that out and set yourself free? Mm. Uh, what, what a beautiful thing that can be. We all have hope because we can all reprogram how we're thinking, which is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. The last great human right, possibly, is the ability to choose our own perspective in any given circumstance. No matter what happens to us, we still have the right to interpret and react to that in a way we choose to. If, if we take it, you know, and so it, I was thinking the last great freedom in any country, and it's no political statement at all, but the last great freedom is the ability to choose how we will respond to the things that happen to us. Yeah. And I think responding to the recognition of a limiting belief by saying, that's not true. And I'm not going to think that thought anymore. That may literally be one of the greatest freedoms we have. We choose that perspective and we start tomorrow morning with a whole different idea of what our life is about. Um, that's that's a miracle. And those perspectives, they they not only become embodied within mm-hmm. verbally speaking them or, or, or mm-hmm. even just within our heads, but we tend to embody these things too mm-hmm. within our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just releasing the thoughts in our head. It's also releasing the pieces and the energy within our bodies that trap that, that negative thought and that negative energy. And so once you can start shifting those thoughts, then what's beautiful is that energy starts to, to shine and get released and you become a much different person. I've literally seen people's energy transform before my eyes. I'm, I do transpersonal energy healing and I've literally seen that happen where people will go from having like a white face and looking really rigid to all of a sudden their body relaxing and being smooth and you see color in their face and they're smiling. And so you can just figure, you know, literally visually see that transformation occurring. I love that. Anytime we see a person that sets themselves free, the, the physical part of that is glorious, isn't it? And the, and, and I really, I really understand what you're talking about. I've always believed that, that your, your physiology affects your psychology. Um, and so many times I've observed the same thing you're saying. I don't have the same um, vocabulary, obviously, that you do as a trained scientist, but, the, but, but I can see a person put their shoulders back. I can see them sit up straighter. I can see them. their eyes are open wider. A little light comes into their face. And that's really an amateur version of some of the things you're talking about, but it, 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 they're the same, the signs of the same thing, aren't they? I've now been set free of that. And, and the weight of that just falls off, you know, hits the floor, it's done. And now I can move forward without that weight. That's a glorious moment. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to Jim Healing. If you'd like to reach out to Jim, please find his contact information in the show notes. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe and like this podcast and share it with others whom it might be useful for.
Next week, we're going to continue our conversation with Jim Healing, so please tune in. I wanted to take a moment to talk to you about something important. Producing a podcast takes a significant amount of time, effort, and resources. I'm fully committed to delivering the best possible content to you and want to continue improving and expanding the show. That's why I'm reaching out to you to ask you for your support through donations. Your contributions can make a huge difference in helping me take the Self-Healing After Trauma podcast to new heights. Whether it's a small monthly donation or a one-time contribution, every bit helps me cover production costs, enhance the quality of our episodes, and help more people find hope and self-heal after trauma. By donating, you become a vital part of our podcast community, helping me to create more engaging episodes, explore new topics, and invite incredible guests to the show to share their knowledge and experiences. So if you're enjoying this podcast and find value in what I'm doing, I kindly ask you to consider making a donation. Together, we can continue to self-heal after trauma. Please see the link in the show notes to make a contribution today. Thank you so much for the honor to be a part of your healing journey.